This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Never Podcast! Welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. I'm your host Natalie Bromley but joining me as ever is the main man, the headliner himself and that is of course Dave Statman Roberts. Dave, welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you sir? Uh, I'd be better if we could win a game Natalie. I'm never going to win a game all season. Dave, I've, I've, I've sorted myself out. Did you attend Turf Moor last night for the cup game against Spurs? Uh, yes, I was with uh, with Phil Bird doing the uh, Comscam oh, live last night. Look at you, fancy pants, Mister. You'd have missed that because you you were there I watching. Was there but as well, uh, yeah. for anyone who couldn't attend, uh, yes, they could watch. Uh, well, they had a live stream, but the camera facing the wrong way, away from the pitch, uh, at me and, uh, and and Mr. Bird. Excellent. Well, I, I'd be very impressed if you found anything to talk about in that first half because it. Um... It wasn't the liveliest of games, was it, in half one? It, it definitely came to life a little bit in the middle of, of half two, the second half. But yeah, that first it half did. was hard, hard to watch. Um, and another disappointing loss. We're out of the cup. We can't win for Toffee in the league. It's all feeling a bit down in the dumps, isn't it, Dave? We need to sort this well, out. Well, yeah, it, did. it is. We could do with a win on uh, Saturday. That would uh, get our, uh, our hopes up a little bit if we could get three points on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, we do. We, you and I always disagree about this because you do not believe in the principle of must-win games. But this is a must-win game, and I know you're going to disagree with me again. But this is a must-win game. I think if we if we end up this season not winning against Brighton, Leeds, Norwich, and Brentford all at home, then I don't know where we're going to get ten wins from in order to keep us up. So I think it's game over if we if we get beat on Saturday. And you can come at me all you want, listeners, but I'm. I had to sit through that Spurs game last night, so I'm feeling grumpy. Anyway, back to more important matters, because that's the beauty of football, Dave. There's always the next match. There's always next week. And that is exactly what we are going to be previewing on tonight's preview show. It's Friday night. You are here with none and ever, as normal, to kick-start the weekend. But before we get into that, we have the small matter of a quiz question to give you an answer to. And we... Before we took a look at the weekend's oppositions, um, that was the Southampton away preview show, we set you the following question, which was, 
only one Burnley player has made over 100 appearances from the bench during his time at the club. Can you name that player? Dave, what was the answer? Well, the answer was super sub Sam Vokes. He came off the bench 109 times in his Burnley career uh, when we used to have players scoring goals from the bench. Um, And he's the only player to date to have made more than 100 substitute appearances. Jay Rodriguez, I think, is somewhere behind in second place but obviously is uh, slowly catching him up. Yeah, now this one flummoxed our listeners for some reason. It even completely lost Team None and Ever. We put this question in the in the thread after the show and, and literally nobody in the thread got it got it right. None of None and Ever team got it right either. So did any of our listeners get this right, Dave? We had a couple of clever clogs. Yeah, the ones who got in touch with the correct answer were uh, John Robertson, back on form. He knew it was Sam Folks and uh, Jan Gedzilewski as well. Ah, you see, there you go. If all else fails, you can always rely on John Google Robertson and Jan Ged... I can't... Oh, no, Jan, I'm so sorry. I always try and pronounce your surname and I'm going to not do it because I'm going to make a mess of it and offend you so and Jan as well you see they're, they're really good they, they, they keep us going well do stay tuned because as always we're going to leave you with another crafty quiz question at the end of this episode so do not go away Premier League head to head so preview show time Dave we are of course back at home this weekend we've finished our Parable Cup um, exploits and we are back in the Premier League. It's a home tie against newly promoted Brentford, Saturday the 30th of October at 3pm kickoff, and once again not televised live in the UK. Why don't you kick us off please with the history of this fixture starting with Premier League meetings. Uh, there haven't been any end of section. What? Well we've never played them in the, well not only have we not played them in the Premier League, we've never played them in the top flight. Oh, uh, so what are you going to do? But r- 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 rather than leaving it at that, I will give you some information. Brentford spent four seasons in the top flight uh, prior to the Second World War. And in the first season immediately after, they were relegated back to the second division. That was just as Burnley were being promoted back to the first division at the end of the 1946-1947 season. Uh, they've had to wait patiently uh, for 74 years for another opportunity to play in the top flight. Wow. We thought we had a long time yeah. to wait, 33 years. They had to wait 74. And um, as a result, the two teams have never faced each other in a top flight fixture before this weekend. Uh, although we did spend a couple of seasons together uh, in the second division in the first half of the 1930s. And our paths met several times more recently in the third tier in the 1980s and the 1990s. Uh, Brentford were also in the Championship when Burnley were promoted back to the Premier League in 2015-16, with a certain James Tarkovsky joining us partway through that season. And obviously Andre Gray uh, joined us uh, earlier on as well. Um, In all, Brentford have played 12 league games at Turf Moor, registering two wins and three draws, with Burnley winning the remaining seven. Uh, So on Saturday, Brentford will become the 36th different club that Burnley have faced in a Premier League fixture since our promotion in 2009. And who would have believed that be possible just a few short years ago? No, definitely. That's, uh, I don't think anybody would have put the money on that, would they? Memory match! Um, well, what about memory match then, Dave? What have you picked for this one? 
Uh, well, with no previous Premier League meetings or indeed any top-flight matches to choose from, we selected a Burnley victory, which took place late on in Burnley's promotion-winning season of 1993-94. Uh, it was the last day of April in 1994, and after three consecutive draws, Burnley really needed a home win against Brentford to keep their place in the playoff places towards the top of Division 2, and that was ahead of Hull City and Bristol Rovers, with only two games remaining. Um, it was an entertaining match with five goals and two red cards, but Burnley sealed an emphatic 4-1 win as the visitors reduced to 10 men in the first half after Kevin Dearden was sent off for handling the ball outside his box. Uh, and then they went down to nine in the second half uh, when Brian Statham received a second yellow card for deliberate handball. Uh, the Clarets took the lead through David Ayres prior to Brentford's first dismissal and we doubled our lead through Ted McMinn. Barry Ashby pulled one back before the break for the visitors, who were still in the game at half-time, even though they were down to 10 men. However, Adrian Heath scored Burnley's third with a header, just two minutes after the interval, after Ayres had flicked on McMinn's corner. Uh, and with the second red card just after the hour mark, Burnley kind of sat back on their lead. But in the last 10 minutes, Adrian Randall finally put the nine men out of their misery with a fourth goal, after he intercepted a misplaced back pass. Uh, this win and results elsewhere meant that Burnley confirmed their playoff place and it was just a case of playing the last game to discover who we would face in the two-legged semi-final. Uh, back to the future and with no wins in the league at Turf Moor since January we're certainly hoping for a similar outcome this weekend to bring the unwanted sequence to an end. Definitely. On this day! Um, what about then on this day? What have you picked for the date of this one please? Uh, well, yeah, on this day, uh, Burnley have won nine of the previous 19 matches that we've played on the 30th of October. Uh, we mentioned it briefly last time, but the first of these games was the replay against Bolton-based Astley Bridge in the FA Cup back in 1886. The match finished 2-2, but instead of going to another match, um, but it appears that both teams pulled out the competition although the exact circumstances surrounding the decision remain unclear. Um, the next three matches we played on the 30th of October were all home wins. They were against Manchester City in 1897, Bradford Park Avenue in 1909 and Spurs in 1920. But the good run came grinding to a halt with away defeats at West Brom and Swansea in 1926 and 1937 respectively. Um, we picked up another couple of home wins. They were against Sheffield United in 1948 and Portsmouth in 1954 and then drew 1-1 with Leeds United at Ellen Road in 1965. Since then, in our last 10 matches on this date, we've managed four wins. We beat Crystal Palace 2-0 at home in the League Cup. That was in 1968. And our next win was a narrow 1-0 away victory at Plymouth in 1976 with Malcolm Smith on the score sheet. There was yet another narrow 1-0 away win. That was at Cambridge United in 1993, thanks to a David Ayres goal in the very first minute. Uh, following a 2-2 draw at Gillingham in 2001, and then two games at QPR, a 3-0 defeat in 2004, and a 1-1 draw in 2010, we eventually picked up our ninth win as Jeff Hendricks scored the only goal in a 1-0 home win over Newcastle United in 2017. So to summarise, our overall record for 30th of October is played 19, won 9, drawn 5 and lost 5. Club Connection! 
Now, one of our other new sections in this season's previous show, of course, Dave, is Club Connection, in which we take a look at the players who have spent time at both clubs and focus on one player in particular. Now, I'm struggling to decide how on earth we're deciding week on week how you're deciding what player you're taking, Dave. You just decide what you want to do. So perhaps you can enlighten us this week and tell us how you decided which player we will be focusing on. Uh, well, we've mentioned already, uh, James Tarkovsky is probably the highest profile player to play for both teams, although there's also Andre Gray and Chris Long. Uh, they're both still playing, of course. They're, uh, they're carrying on their football careers. Uh, but we prefer to focus on a retired player for this feature, bring back some memories, uh, which narrowed the selection down to just nine names. Uh, instead of a poll, we left it open for nominations via social media. And one name who was mentioned more than any other was a player who joined Burnley in 1996. And that's Nigel Gleghorn. Uh, what do you remember of Nigel Gleghorn, Natalie? Or shall I refresh your memory? Uh, you're going to absolutely going to have to refresh my memory, Dave. I have no idea who he is. Sorry. I will try my best. Uh, born in Seaham in County Durham in 1962, Nigel Gleghorn was a late starter to league football. Uh, working as a firefighter, he had a trial with Ipswich Town at the age of 23. And after initially being reluctant to give up his firefighting career to pursue a path as a professional footballer, he took the leap. Uh, he spent three seasons at Portman Road before joining Manchester City and was part of their team, which won promotion back to the first division in 1988-89. However, he dropped back two divisions to play for Birmingham City with some success and also went on to play for Stoke City before he joined Burnley in 1996 when Adrian Heath was manager. Uh, he got off to a good start and even captained the side on several occasions before picking up a knee injury in February 1997. When Chris Waddle took over at the start of the following season, Gleghorn never really got a look in and it was during this time that he had loan spells with Brentford where he scored one goal in 12 appearances in 1997-98 and also Northampton Town before retiring at the age of 35. He was a player who had a, quite a successful career prior to his time at Burnley, with several promotions on his footballing CV. Uh, with five goals in 44 appearances at Burnley, he showed some glimpses of what he was capable of before injury, and the decisions of the incumbent manager finally resulted in him calling time on his playing days. Well, that is the end of part one, where we've been focusing on the history of this fixture. So let's bring you right back up to present for part two, starting with our scouting report. Scouting report! Yeah, 48-year-old Dane, Thomas Frank, has been the head coach at Brentford for just over three years. Uh, he was appointed as Dean Smith's replacement. That was back on the 16th of October 2018. Uh, they narrowly missed out on promotion to the Premier League in 2019-20 uh, when they lost to Fulham in the Championship playoff final, but they returned to Wembley to overcome Swansea back in May to seal their promotion back to the top flight after that really, really long wait of 74 years. Uh, on the back of their promotion, they spent relatively modestly by Premier League standards. Uh, their biggest outlay was on 23-year-old Norwegian central defender, uh, Chris Adger, who arrived from Celtic for a fee in the region of 14 million. And they also spent around 9 million each on Nigerian central midfielder uh, Frank Onyeka and winger Johan Wisser, who was born in France but represents the D Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, they also picked up 18 year old midfielder Miles Pert Harris from Chelsea for just over £1 million and also brought in goalkeeper Alvaro Fernandez on loan from Huesca in Spain. 
After playing with four at the back for most of last season, they switched to a 3-4-1-2 formation for their final couple of months in the Championship, including for their playoff final win. And they've kept with three at the back for most of this season to date, with a 3-5-2 formation being the most common one that Thomas Frank has used. Uh, Looking ahead to who might be the key players for the Bees on Saturday, we've looked at their highest point scorers in the FPL so far. And the central defensive pair of Pontus Janssen and Ethan Pinnock lead the way with 41 points each, closely followed by talismanic striker Ivan Toney with 35 points. Uh, An injured goalkeeper, David Rea, is next on 34 points. Seven of Brentford's players have outscored the top-scoring Burnley player so far this season. Can you guess who that is, Natalie? No, go on. It's now Ashley Westwood. He's our top scorer in the FPL with 25 points. Um, But, yeah, seven Brentford players. It shows what sort of start they've had to the season. uh, Have outscored um, Ashley Westwood so far this season. Um, In terms of injuries, they've got a list as long as your arm. They've got uh, certainly five players ruled out um, and three more that are very doubtful. Um, So they certainly do have some uh, real injury problems there. Um, And perhaps it might be a game too far for them. We're hoping that we can... uh, uh, exploit that on Saturday and uh, maybe they'll be weakened and we can get that uh, win we've been waiting for. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, well, you've heard what we think about our visitors this weekend, but we always like to bring you some balance. And this week it's a turn of Billy from the besotted Brentford to provide some insight in our opposition view. Now, regular listeners of the Nominator podcast will remember Billy from a long time ago, he's been a long time friend of the show. We've worked with the Besotted Brentford for a long time, um, particularly when we're in the Championship. So it's great to have him back. And here's what Billy thinks ahead of this game. Opposition view. Hi, this is Billy from Besotted Podcast and Blog. You can uh, wear the Brentford podcast. We've been going for about 20, well, I don't know, 20 odd years, or well, more than 20 years actually. 1990 when we started as a fanzine, moved into a blog and then a video blog and then start doing a podcast. We've done 800 issues of our podcast or episodes of our podcast. You can catch us on Pride of West London and we catch our blog on besotted.com. So we'll be doing articles on the Burnley game and all sorts of stuff as well. So, but um, like I said to you, besotted, been going for a while and we uh, obviously Brentford were hooked up with Burnley. Um, well, back in the championship days, actually, we had a few little ding-dongs back in the day sort of playing each other. We were just fairly fresh in the game. You were kind of uh, old war horses as it is. You were seeing as the experienced side, I remember it at the time. You know, every time we played Burnley, we were like, look, fair enough, these guys, are they've been here for a while and they're, they're good. They know what they're doing. And needless to say, a few years later, after you'd nicked James Tarkowski off us, of course, and Andre Gray, or maybe you got Andre Gray when you were getting up and up, I can't remember. But anyway, you got promoted to the Premier League and you were gone. And I think you came down again, and you went back again, and we were never to see you again. And we've uh, been battling it out, trying to get to the position that you're in. And uh, we're finally there. And I have to say that I'm absolutely delighted to be in the Premier League. It's a bit bizarre, a bit weird. It's a bit surreal, I'd say, because uh, being a Brentford fan, we've always been in the lower echelons of the Football League, playing at Accrington Stanleys and playing your, your Scunthorpes and that. And so it's been really weird to actually start saying you're going to play your Liverpools and your Man United's and obviously your Burnley's as well. So, uh, But uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm mainly enjoying it because we obviously beat Arsenal on the first day, which was a tremendous day in our new stadium, packed 17,000 people making an absolute racket and I see the Arsenal players came out and their eyes were like, oh my God, what's going on here? And uh, yeah, we, we gave them a bit of a, we gave them a bit of a going over that day, which was a surprise me, surprised quite a few of the Brentford fans, but we'll take that. 
And since then, we've, we've had a, a good season so far. I'm saying this touch wood because we're not getting ahead of ourselves as, at all. You know what it's like. I know what it's like. We, um, we, what we did is that we, 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 our directors of football are, are pretty, pretty smart. And you know, they've been planning this day for, for years, been planning us coming up for years. And they knew when we needed to go up, we needed to reinforce our defence, make sure our defence is really tight. But that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to play defensive football. It means that defence has got to be tight. And then what we do is we can nick the ball on the break. We can actually play expansive football if we want to, but we have to have a tight defence. And our defence has been pretty spot on, I have to say. They've been pretty spot on. I mean, recently we've had a few injuries, quite a few injuries uh, in defence, which has caused us to reshuffle a few players. You know, Ayer, who we bought from the Celtic, 30.5 million record signing. He's been out recently, but he's come off the bench against Stoke uh, last night. And, uh, you know, he looked all right. As well, he had to come off the bench again Leicester as well because uh, we had an injury to Ethan Pinnock, who's a great player, but he's been out now. So um, he got a few injuries, but the defence is wicked, honestly. You've got Sergi Canos, who is actually our left-back, playing at right uh, wing-back, which is quite bizarre, but it seems to be working for us so far. And his determination and his energy and his enthusiasm is on another level. So, um, you know, we've, we've had some great results. The game against Liverpool, the thrill game result draw was just phenomenal. The, the Brentford played just fantastic that day. The day out was great. The atmosphere was great. The Liverpool fans actually had to tip their hat and say, actually, we, we quite enjoy coming down there because okay, we didn't win, but it's a bit of a laugh. We had quite a few beers and an exciting game. And, uh, and they said, you know, you came at us. So the early days for us in, in the championship, and I know, like, listen to you, teams like Burnley, you've been there for quite a while. And you know that, you know, there may be a tendency that that might wear off or teams might find you out or all these things. So this is what we're going to find out as Brentford fans in the next probably six months. You know, our injury is going to hit us, which they are at the moment now. You know, our team's going to work us out and then it's going to make it difficult to do what we're going to do. I'd say that, you know, Thomas Frank and the coaching team are very clever and they know how to flip, you know, the script and they do actually change tactics within the game. We change formation within the game. So we'll see how that kind of pans out in the next few months. But the one thing that we will get is that every single game we played so far, there's been no game where we've been kind of out of it. We've, we've never had a sort of Man United-Liverpool scenario as yet so far. And I'm saying that touching wood again, you know, um, and, and it's because we, we do a bit of Kevin Keegan sometimes where we just throw, we throw kind of caution to the wind and we just go for it. You know, against West Ham, we were one all. We should have sort of locked up shop, but, you know, we took off a defensive midfielder, put on an attacking midfielder and we scored with the, the last kick of the game. But then... You know, then we lost with the last kick of the game against Brighton as well, so it can go against you as well. So asking the question as to whether or not we can keep that up, you know, we, we will see. You know, we, we, the one thing about it is that if we go back down again, we're going to go down giving it a go. And we're quite proud of that as Brentford fans. And having been in the lower echelons for basically for all the time I've supported them, I'm not actually really afraid of going back down to the championship because I actually quite like it down there. It's a bit, bit of a laugh, actually. And uh, I quite like the fans down there as well. We do, you know, good, good, good drink ups, good, good away days, you know, but it is good to be in the Premier League and, and see some new grounds. Um, but I would, I, would, I would like to think that the way that we were playing at the moment now and the fact that we haven't gone gung-ho in the transfer window, and so we only bought about five players, I think, including Frank the Tank and Yeko. We talked about Aya as well. We've got Zanko, who's a great defender that we bought in as well on a free transfer as well. And he's looked, he's looked, out, he's looked out of this world. Uh, you know, we've got him, then we've got Pert Harris, and uh, I think we've got one other player as well. I should know um, the other player that we got, you know, off the back of my head. But, you know, we've got only five players in, but I think they wanted to test the waters to see how the bees would do. And if we need to get reinforcements in the January window to kind of help us and push us to another level. We'll do that. And I think 
seeing the way that our squad is slightly decimated at the moment now, I could see them doing that. You know, maybe we might get a right back, even though Sergi Canos is playing really well. Maybe we may, may get somebody else up front. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to find a striker, as you know. But, you know, we've got Foss, who's doing all right. You know, we've got Ivan Tony as well, but we haven't got anybody else who actually plays a striker. So if one of those guys gets injured, we're, you know, our options are a little bit light. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so that's, that's, that's kind of where we're, you know, where we're looking at on that front at the moment now. I mean, Talking about, you know, talking about Brentford and, you know, talking about, you know, where we're at at the moment now and where we're, where we're looking to go. For me, I have to admit, I'd be, I would have been delighted, or I say would be, I still would be delighted if we finished 17th this season because I think that's kind of, you know, that's, that's kind of where you have to, 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 to pin yourself, to pin your hat on. You know, there's songs going around about European tours and all that lot, but that's very tongue-in-cheek, Brentford. You know, because the only time we've ever been to Europe was in the Anglo-Italian Cup in 1992. We flew out to Ascoli, which is a right laugh, you know, but that's the only time we went to to Europe, Ascoli and uh, Ancona or some other team we played out there. But we've never played in Europe. So for us to be kind of in the um champion in the premier league sort of kind of like the heights where we are of course you've got to sing these songs as a bit of a laugh but realistically we just want to survive this season and will we survive i personally think that we will do because i think we've got enough in the tank we've got some really good players we've really well-run club and uh and and we're all having fun you know as for the burnley game i know for a fact you know i hate all this teams like stuff people say it to us teams like brentford you know for you i'm sure you get teams like burnley we should be beating teams like burnley for me we would love to beat teams like Burnley, but we know Burnley are a tough side with a very experienced manager who knows how to do, well, he, he knows how to play teams, you know, so we're going to have to be on our A game, you know, and it's going to be so tough out there playing against, you've got a particular style of football and we need to adapt ourselves to play for that style of football, make sure we're not be caught out, we need to be tough, we need to be alert. You know, you've got players who could put the ball in the back of the net. You've got one of your players who's, who's, who's scoring a ridiculous amount of goals considering the amount of possession that he's got as well. Like, you know, we talk about that on our podcast, which is Pride of West.London. If you check it out, Will, the spreadsheet winker, talks about that. So we need to be on the ball. But for me, if we can come away with a point from Burnley, I'll be happy. I'll be honest with you. If you want me to give you a score prediction, I'm going to say 1-1 one, one. Um, is going to be in the game. But, you know, I'm looking forward to coming up, trying to get from Leeds to Burnley, seeing as all the trains are being scrapped. And uh, bit of, that's really a bit of an adventure, having a few beers down there, maybe meeting up with a few Burnley chums and then going back and hopefully uh, not losing. So anyway, listen, other than the Brentford game, have yourselves a great season and we'll see you back in our new stadium, New Griffin Park. There's loads of pubs for you to go and check out for the game. Come down there and if you see us, besotted crew, drinking the globe, come and grab us for a beer. Cheers. Okay, referee. Then who's going to be who's going to be in the middle at the weekend? Uh, we will welcome John Moss of Leeds to Turf Moor this weekend, as he's been appointed to take charge of Saturday's match. Um, I do use the word welcome rather loosely, as Burnley have failed to win any of the previous seven Premier League games he's taken charge of at Turf Moor, uh, with five defeats for Burnley and just two draws. Even though we've won three of the previous 11 Premier League away games he's refereed, it does leave us with a very poor record with him in charge. It'll be the first time we've seen him in the middle for a Burnley match this season, although he took charge of three of our matches since the start of the calendar year. We drew 1-1 against Fulham, you may recall. That was at home in February, followed by an excellent win against Everton at Goodison Park in March, and then we lost 3-1 to Manchester United at Old Trafford in April. Um, He's yet another of the over-50 club 
something which wouldn't have been permitted in years gone by. But as we've mentioned already this season, there are currently several top-level referees who have managed to continue their careers into their 50s. Uh, the video assistant referee on Saturday will be Andy Madley. Good stuff. Well, I know we're not going to leave it there, Dave, because I know you like to treat our listeners. So why don't you delve deep into those pockets of yours and let our listeners have your miscellaneous stat of the week. Statman Dave's stat of the week. Uh, what else could we possibly choose to have as a stat of the week for this episode other than highlighting the fact that this Saturday is the ninth anniversary of Sean Dyche's appointment as Burnley manager? Yeah. October 30th, 2012 seems so long ago now, but for a modern-day manager to remain in post for quite so long is becoming an even more rare occurrence. Uh, He was in Cardiff to see the Clarets lose 4-0 just a couple of days before he was officially unveiled and perhaps saw the scale of the task ahead of him, particularly the need to shore up a rather leaky defence. He started with back-to-back home wins over Wolves and Leeds United with clean sheets in both games. And we had a steady uh, first season in 2012-13. We went on to win 11, draw 11 and lose 11 of the remaining league matches with him in charge. Uh, But he guided the Clarets to a second place finish and a memorable automatic promotion to the Premier League in 2013-14 before a setback in 2014-15 as we struggled and went straight back down. However, the board and supporters had faith in the manager and the team bounced straight back with a championship title win in 2015-16. Under the watchful eye of Sean Dyche, we've remained in the Premier League ever since, and even finished seventh in 2017-18 and qualified to play in Europe the following season. It's also fair to say that his level-headed approach and ambition have helped to make improvements off the pitch, with a focus on the academy set-up at Gothorpe, which is now unrecognisable compared to when he first took over. Uh, What better way would there be to mark this latest anniversary than to get that long-awaited home league win and our first Premier League win of the season? Amen to that. Well, how are you feeling about this game then, Dave? I've already set my stall out very early on at the uh, outset of this podcast. It's a must-win game for me, but what are your thoughts? Um, I'd like to think that it might be a good time to play Brentford. Sometimes teams coming up do get like a... A bit of a bounce. They, uh, they they have a really good start to the season, and they they find it difficult to continue that that momentum. Uh, they're up against it certainly in terms of uh, injuries as well. That's not going to uh, help them. So I think it, in some ways, it might be a good time to play them. But I think there, there is that sort of monkey on our back in terms of we've got to get that first Premier League win. And I think until we get it, um, there is sort of a there's a pressure on the players, on the crowd, and it does kind of tend to build a little bit. So I think we need to kind of go in there um, and we need to do what we haven't done quite a lot of times this season. When we've taken the lead, if we can get a lead in the game, is to hold on to it. There have been so many times this season where we've dropped points from uh, winning positions. That's got to be something we uh, we cut out because if we continue doing that, then uh, we are going to continue to struggle. So um, my, my view is that, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good time to play them and I think hopefully we can get that uh, all-important win and three points. What did you make of Dasha's comments before the Spurs game about, uh, sorry, after the Spurs game, about him saying that we're nearly there and we're not that far off? That kind of feels a bit at odds with where I'm thinking. To me, we look miles off the base. Um, And I know it's difficult, Dave. I know Dash has to stay positive, but that's his job to deflect criticism away from his players. But I I can't make my mind up whether there's a little bit of delusion going on or whether or not he's just trying to keep a lid on it all. I I don't think we're that. I don't think we are that close to being ready. 
I think the performances have been better than results. I think I think we deserve to get more than we've got in terms of points on the board. And I think the one worry, or the the, the main worry, if you will, is that the strikers aren't firing. We've had one goal from Chris Wood. Uh, we've had uh, Maxwell Corney obviously chipping in with uh, three goals, and then we've had defenders getting the others. So we've not really got strikers firing. We saw it again against Spurs. We had all four strikers, two starting the game, two coming in on a sub, and none of them had a, a chance of note, really. To uh, I think uh, Johan Berg-Gubbinson's effort was probably the uh, the one, nearest one to a scoring. So the fact that our strikers aren't firing is uh, is a worry. Yeah, and they're not really getting any service either. That's been... That's been a long time bugbear of ours as well. It's all very well criticising the, the strikers, and I think you're right to think at the moment there is a particular problem with our strikers. But there's nothing, there's no supply line either. It, it's really, really difficult. Um, give me a give me a prediction then, Dave, please, including a score. I'm gonna go for a narrow one nil win. We 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 like our one nil wins. If we can get a, a clean sheet. Get a goal, that'd be perfect. And I think uh, Woody to score, Chris Wood. Definitely. Actually, speaking of clean sheets, Dave, those couple of saves that Pope pulled off last night were phenomenal. They were, yeah, yeah really yeah. good saves. Mm. Considering he didn't have anything to do up to those points either, they were complete reaction saves, cold as well. It's not like he was in the thick of the action and he was, you know, sometimes they're like bang, 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 bang. He was, yeah, I thought it was phenomenal. Um, well, I'm. Yeah, uh, he had a good game, didn't he? He, did. he couldn't, couldn't do much about the goal, really. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, his defence were a little bit um, vulnerable in front of him, but yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought he had a fantastic game, Pope. I thought it was a very close shot between Pope and Collins for me for man of the match. Um, but yeah, we'll see how we go. Um, I'm going to go for a slightly more convincing win. I do also think we're going to keep a clean sheet, and I'm going to say, but it's going to be two 0 to the Clarets. I think we're going to get. Um, you know, a bit of confidence playing. We're going to score a couple. Um, so let us know what you think the score prediction will be, listeners. We want you to drop us a line. You can tweet us at none and ever, or you can email us at none and ever. Uh, sorry, at previewshow at none and ever net. Let us know the score, who's going to score, and how they're going to score. Please, that would be fantastic. We've been having some hilarious responses to you all. Oh, so actually, a quick shout out as well to Andrew Blythe, who understood the assignment to coin a TikTok phrase. Um, and sent me an email telling me to stay positive after my SOS last week where I was telling our listeners to um, sort me out and pull me out of this sad Burnley phase that I was in. So thank you, Andrew. That was very much appreciated. Um, yeah, do drop us a line. Let us know how you think this weekend's going to go. And also drop us a line and let us know where you're feeling in terms of the season altogether. It's uh, it's hard at the moment, so we need, we need to be together. Let's have a group hug. Fantasy Premier League update. Okay, next up, Dave, the known and ever fantasy Premier League update, please. We have now finished game week nine. We have a full update to give our listeners. So kick us off. Who is the movers and shakers? How is our league looking? Well, yes, as always, we have another league update for you. And it's been relatively static towards the top of the league with just one team breaking into the top five. Uh, I'll give you the rundown of that top five. We've got uh, David Pounder is a climber to fifth position with 634 points. Uh, Jack Toner's a non-mover at four with 636. Joe Elliott's a non-mover in third with 659. Andrew Smith, who's been up there most of the season, is uh, in second place on 661. And still out in the lead is Deck Clark on 664. Excellent. Um, what about uh, October's Manager of the Month? No. We, we've got one more weekend, haven't we, then? That's it. 
Yeah, I'm assuming that's a way it'll uh, work. I'm trying to think yeah. whether there's some of the... I'm assuming they'll take the whole week and that will be counted in October. Uh, but yeah, the race for October's manager of the month is a little bit more fluid. Uh, George Burry is now leading the way with 223 points Ooh. after posting a very impressive score of 123 <gasps> for last week's round of matches. Wow. Unbelievable. Um, however, uh, Joanne Butterworth and Paul Gibson are just two points further back. And it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top after this weekend's matches and gets that all-important sticker. Definitely. Don't forget the stickers, guys. Nobody yet, the August and September managers, have both failed to claim their stickers. I think we need to remind producer Dave. In fact, I say remind, I think I was supposed to tell producer Matt, sorry, not producer Dave, I was supposed to tell producer Matt to put an alert out on Twitter to ask people to get in touch, and I think I forgot. Um, so what remind producer Matt, I will tell producer Matt to tell our... September and August manager of the month to get in touch with their stickers. Um, what about Team None and Ever? How are we doing? Uh, well, those of us who kept faith with Mo Salah and captained him against Manchester United were rewarded with a 24-point haul that doubled to 48 with a captaincy bonus. Uh, your Dingle Bells team relied on Harry Kane as captain and paid the price by slipping 20 places to 224th in the main table, and you're still rooted to the foot of our podcasters' mini-league in fifth place. Uh, My Burnley Stats team climbed into the top 100. That must be a first. Um, Up to 82nd place overall on 550 points. And that also moved me back to second in our mini-league. And although I did gain 20 points on Adam Dennett, who also didn't captain Mo Salah, um, he's still uh, 54 points ahead although he slipped to 17th in the main no name ever league. Um, I've got a funny story about Captain in uh, Mo Salah here, Dave. Actually, I'm going to fact-check you here because I don't have Harry Kane in my team. I think you've got that wrong. Um, it's, oh, it's actually worse than that. So uh, I forgot to tinker with my fantasy league last week because I was busy with work. And I usually do it after we record the previous show and I've got distracted with other things and we didn't do it. Um, and I tried to be clever the week before and do that thing that you all do where you move players in and out to get the points. So if you've got a sub on the bench, but he's not playing till Sunday to swap them in and out, I think you can do that or something or other. Um, so I was trying to be clever and I decided to captain Chris Wood because I thought he was going to be really good. So I then... Sorry, it was Wood, yes. yes I'd then forgotten <laughs> to change my team. So I went into this weekend's fixture, not only not having Salah as my captain, and he's been my captain every other game since all the other game eight games... And had Chris Wood instead. So, yeah, I really do suck at fantasy football. Anyway, um, what about the latest team of the week, Dave, moving swiftly on? Which players should we have selected with the benefit of hindsight? Uh, Well, the 11 players we're going to read out now would have earned you 169 points, and that includes uh, double captain points or indeed any bonuses from any chips that you play. Uh, The team was in a 3-5-2 formation. Uh, Surprised that we didn't have Tim Krul in goal after being uh, in there for the previous two weeks. He conceded seven, so he's certainly not in there. Uh, Martinez of Aston Villa was the goalkeeper. We then had our three defenders were Rhys James, uh, Aaron Cresswell and Ben Chilwell. We had uh, midfield five of Mount and Salah, who were both the joint high scorers. They had 24 points each. Um, and then alongside them were Phil Foden. Uh, Maxwell Corney got in as well. Ooh. He was uh, in midfield. Um, and Keita of Liverpool. They were the midfield five. And the two up front were, surprisingly, uh, two Watford players. Um, King and Dennis, they had uh, a fantastic away win. 
Uh, not fantastic for uh, the teams around them, but fantastic for them. Uh, they came back and won 5-2 at Goodison Park. Uh, King got a, a hat-trick, got 16 points, and Dennis got uh, 12. So, yeah, Watford strike force. Um, incredibly, one FPL manager scored 165 points. Uh, their triple captain, Mo Salah, good week to do it. He was the joint high-scoring player, as we said, with 24. Uh, and that was the highest overall score in the last game week, from the 8 million plus FPL teams that have signed up so far this season. Excellent. Well, we'll have another FPL update when we're in our next preview show. We'll be looking ahead to our trip to play Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, and that will be the end of all the action after game week 10. Statman Dave's quiz question. And finishing us off, Dave, with um, this week's quiz question, please. What have you decided to set our listeners for this preview show? Uh, Well, there's just one quiz question for this week, and we're after a number as the answer. Um, And the question is, how many current Burnley players were in the matchday squad, so that's the starting 11 plus the seven subs, when Brentford last played at Turf Moor in a league match in the 2015-16 season? Ooh, that's a good question. How do our listeners submit their answers, please? Uh, you can get in touch with us by tweeting us or sending a direct message on Twitter. That's at never. You can email us at previewshow at never.net, or you can reply to the post this preview show on either the never Facebook page or on YouTube. Excellent. And we will, of course, reveal the correct answer at the start of our preview show, which is, of course, our away fixture at Chelsea. Not our home game against Brentford, Dave. Update your script, my friend. Um, So please do get in touch and let us know what that answer is. So how are we going to finish off the show, Dave? Do we have any community news or any other business that we need to divulge? Uh, Yeah, just a couple of things to mention. Uh, We did um, mention last time that photographer Clive Lawrence is publishing a 2022 calendar. Uh, That features images he took 30 years ago of Burnley's 1991-92 fourth division title winning season and um, is also having a launch event for the calendar that's going to take place at the 110 club in burnley at 7 30 on saturday november the 13th uh, tickets are 10 pounds which includes supper and roger eli and john francis two of the heroes from that season they'll be in attendance as well uh, he can be contacted at clive lawrence one on twitter for tickets or for more details. Um, And since we're back at home on Saturday, there'll also be the Burnley FC and the Community Food Bank collection points outside Turf Moor before kickoff. Um, They would welcome any donations of tinned food, tea, coffee or long-life UHT milk, and they'll be in place from 1pm right up until kickoff uh, on Harry Potts Way and also stationed near to the entrance of the Cricket Club on Belvedere Road. Good stuff. Yeah, do please donate if you can. Well, that is all we have time for this week. My thanks as ever go to everyone who made the preview show possible. Firstly, to Billy from Besotted Brentford for the opposition view. To Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements. Of course, to our wonderful producer, Matt, who edits all of this and gets it out there for your enjoyment. But my final thanks to Dave Roberts, who does a phenomenal job of gathering all of this information and producing the um, preview show. It's just, it's so good. And you put a lot of work into it. So we're very grateful, Dave. Um, Last but no means least to you, our listeners, for downloading and listening to this episode. Your support is very much appreciated and we will not 
be here without you. Um, the team will be back on Tuesday um, analysing um, a little bit of that Spurs result midweek, but mainly the home tie against Brentford. And for God's sake, please let us have a win to look back on. Um, and just before the international break... Oh, actually, no, we'll we be doing next Friday. We'll be doing a couple of weeks after, won't we? No. We've got the Chelsea game before the international break. So, next yes, Friday. Dave and I will be back yes. next Friday as normal to preview that away tie at Stamford Bridge. Um, if you've got any questions, concerns, queries, drop us a line in the usual manners. Otherwise, we will see you soon. I've been Akla Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the None and Ever podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.